0: Back in 2020, Barack Obama reportedly said, "Don't under, underestimate Joe's ability to f something up." Well, Joe Biden has f this Afghanistan thing up beyond all belief. Don't think so? Let's listen to some of his speech on Monday. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey! This is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay. Joe Biden has definitely effed this Afghanistan thing up. So he decided to fly from his vacation on Monday, come to Washington, D.C., and then make probably one of the worst speeches an individual can make about this absolute disaster. Let's just get right to it because I got to tell you, this speech was really bad. So, right, I mean, the speech started off badly. So listen to this part.
1: My national security team and I have been closely monitoring the situation on the ground in Afghanistan and moving quickly to execute the plans we had put in place to respond to every constituency, including and contingency, including the rapid collapse we're seeing now.
0: I may be way off here, um, but did this guy said that they had consideration for all contingencies? He said constituents, which is a different word altogether, but that's how Joe, I mean, Joe talked today and he sounds just like a complete moron. He is really gone. I would not be shocked if that guy is actually out of the White House soon. I I can't imagine he's still in here. But did he really say they had considerations for all contingencies? Like maybe the contingency that the Taliban could take over the entire country in 10 days, They could take over Kabul in a weekend. That they shut down the airport. That the Afghans would be absolutely flipping out and trying to escape on airplanes. That there's ten thousand, and we're going to talk about this: ten thousand Americans in Kabul. What about the contingency about what if we leave guns over there and drones and airplanes over there, and not airplanes, excuse me, helicopters over there? What about those contingencies? Could the Taliban actually take that stuff and then use it against them? I mean, what contingencies did these guys... Act? This was the dumbest statement in the entire speech. And it just it made him look like a fool. Oh, I mean, he is a fool. He's, he's really, personally, just a dumbass. And executing your plan, it doesn't look like there was any plan. It looks like you just said, pull him out. And this is something he never even answered. It really annoys the crap out of me. What is your plan? Could you say, give us some sort of plan here? As we're going to see later, yeah, he has no plan. He has absolutely uh, no plan. Well, here's, here's his next part where he talks about, well, hey, the mission.
1: Our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on America's homeland. I will not repeat the mistakes we've made in the past.
0: Okay, actually, the mission by George Bush was initially to control terrorism, but then it did end up being... A nation-building exercise, trying to to bring uh, civilization to Afghanistan. Now, were we actually attempting to bring democracy to Afghanistan? I think it's easy to say no, we weren't, but we did put in a government that was a lot more tolerant. Women could go to school. Women could get degree, advanced degrees. Women could be in the air force or the military. This was something that was really to be built. But the point of the military in Afghanistan right now had nothing to do with nation building. That's not why the 25 to 3500 soldiers were actually there. They were there to continue beating down the Taliban, keeping the uh, keeping Al-Qaeda under wraps, which I mean, Al Qaeda. They only had like two, three hundred Al Qaeda in the country, and they were hidden in caves in northern Afghanistan. And making sure the government would survive so that it wouldn't be taken over by the Taliban, and then the Taliban would again be a hotbed for terrorism because the Taliban and Afghanistan, their uh, Taliban and Al Qaeda, are very close. That was the actual purpose. And guess what? With those twenty-five to thirty-five hundred folk, it worked. I mean, we've got ten thousand troops in South Korea. Why couldn't we just keep twenty-five, thirty-five hundred men in, um, thirty-five hundred soldiers in Afghanistan? I, they're not in battle, which is something he keeps talking about. Like there's going to be some all-out war. There hasn't been an all-out war. The Americans have not been battling. Again, the last troop to die in Afghanistan in battle was February 8th, 2020. So this wasn't actually happening. So, you know, he he really, it seemed like we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. It's going to be everybody else's fault. And I... I you know, at the end, he basically said, hey, the buck stops here. The reality is the buck doesn't stop here. This is, of course, all Trump's fault.
1: When I came into office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle Of the spring fighting season.
0: Okay, this is just absolute crap. First off, the Taliban and Trump, the Trump administration and the Taliban, they did have an agreement, but it was a conditional agreement. And the Taliban's agreement was actually void because they never fulfilled any of their conditions. And by the way, there is a third option, pulling out or go to war. These are, I mean, he's in the prison of two, uh, uh, he's in the prison of two problems here. Okay, it's not. Uh, the other thing you could have done is just continue doing what we were doing. Our soldiers were not fighting, they were just support in Afghanistan. We weren't fighting, we weren't losing any troops. A uh, Trump. Had nothing, but it, this misses the other question. Trump had nothing to do with the pullout or the planning for the pullout or the lack of planning for the pullout. Trump didn't do any of that stuff. This was all on him. Now, this speech is an example. I just love to see it. I, 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 heard, I can't remember where I read this. I think it was Mark Levine, Ben Shapiro. Could have been. I, I'm not sure where I heard this from, but a politician... Uh, a really good politician does not answer the question asked. He answers the question that he wants to. In this entire speech, he never talks about the planning. He never talks about the failure. He only talks about why he did what he did and why he was justified in doing what he did. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I wouldn't want the troops pulled out. But seeing that the troops weren't fighting and seeing that Afghanistan was moderately peaceful, or at least the Taliban didn't rule, it seems to me okay. Let them go. And both Trump and Obama wanted to pull the troops out, and they didn't. So the question has to be: Well, why didn't they pull the troops out? They didn't pull the troops out because both the advisors had advised both Obama and Trump, don't bother. they're thirty are 3,500, 2,500 troops. They're there for support only. They're not really fighting. The Taliban is fighting. But it wasn't just Trump he blamed. Okay, it wasn't just Trump he blamed. He also blamed uh, the government for actually insisting not to pull people out earlier because they didn't want to start a panic so it's the government's fault then they blamed the troops they blamed the troops because uh the troops didn't fight now this was this was a terrible thing to do because the troops did fight there were 50,000 between 50 and 60,000 afghans in the military, Afghan military, that were killed over the last seven years fighting the Taliban. And then to sit back and say, well, you guys didn't fight after we pulled out? Well, you got to remember, the United States actually did have a role. We were in charge of intelligence. We were in charge of ground and air support. We were in charge of the maintenance of all of the machinery that was there. He pulled, including contractors. Biden pulled all of those. So the the Afghan military, they didn't have any intelligence. They had no air support. They had no ground support. And the aircraft that they actually had, mostly uh, helicopters, couldn't be used because they had no one to maintain them. And they couldn't fly them. Now, I will say this is, again, a military problem. The military should have actually trained these folks much better than they did. But they didn't. And there you go. The only people that Joe Biden didn't blame in this whole situation, himself and the Taliban. So let's, let's listen to this uh, uh, next thing, that uh, <laughs> this next part of the speech. It wasn't a very long speech. It was like 10, 15 minutes.
1: I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw US forces. That's why we're still there.
0: This is what Biden does. This is what Biden does. It's really kind of annoying. Um, Remember I told you he doesn't answer the question that was asked, he answers the question that he wants to ask, that he wants to answer. This is what he does. And the thing is, no one's asking him to justify whether you should have pulled out troops or not. The question here is, how could you have effed this up so badly? And how are you going to fix it? Listen, I you've heard me in the past. I said I was kind of up and down on pulling troops out. Uh, I was a lot more down seeing what happened about it now. And seeing what's happening now and seeing how our our people are, how our allies and our enemies are reacting. We'll get to that. But but the reality is there is a debate there and that's fine. This isn't the time for that debate. And all he did in that section of the speech was sit back and basically say, hey, there's a reason I did that. Well, no one's asking you that. What we are asking is, how did you screw this up so badly? I mean, here's the thing. By the end of the speech, he's going to actually congratulate himself for this. That he's brave. That he's protected other presidents. And no one's, everyone's looking like, what? No one cares about that. We're asking you, what did you think about when you did this? How did they not know that the Taliban could take Kabul in a weekend or take the entire country in 10 days? These are the questions, but he's, he's trying to justify pulling out. No one's asking you that. We could have that debate. And a lot of, 70% of the people didn't think we should stay in, uh, in Iraq, in, uh, Afghanistan anymore. And that's fine but that's a different debate. The question here is, and it gets, he, he, not just in this speech, he gets worse. He's really going to, this is a, this is going to kill Biden. It's going to kill the Democrats. And I don't know. Okay. So let's, let's get to this next section, which just basically cements what I've just
1: said. But if Afghanistan is unable to mount any real resistance to the Taliban now, there is no chance that one year, one more year, five more years, or 20 more years, of U.S. military boots in the ground would have made any difference.
0: And you know what? I agree with him. I agree with him here. You're absolutely correct. There was no reason to do this. But see, this is the difference between a tactical strategy versus a, a tactical move versus a strategic move. I always encourage people to play chess because it, one of the things you learn is tactics versus strategy. I'm great at tactics, I'm crappy at strategy. Strategy is long term. The reason everyone's got to stop looking at this endless war crap. And maybe we'll talk about uh, uh, Crenshaw's article in the Wall Street Journal about this endless wars thing that is just not true. But the, and that's from the Wall Street Journal. It was uh, released yesterday. You can listen. You can uh, read it if you have a subscription. But here's the thing. No one was arguing with the pulling out of soldiers being a great tactical move. Strategically, it was crappy. We're going to see that this was a crappy strategic move. Okay, I'm sorry. Difference between tactics and um, strategy. Strategy is long-term. Tactics are immediate. You get results immediately. Or theoretically, you get results immediately. This was a crappy strategic move. Because we were there not only to keep the Taliban down, not only to make sure Al-Qaeda didn't have a place to train their terrorists, but we were also in the middle of everything. Don't forget, the countries that border Afghanistan are Pakistan, Russia, uh, Russia. Uh, Iran and China, we had an influence in that area and we had a government that was friendly to us and we, now we just betrayed them and and that's going to be really bad. So no one is saying strategically this was a screw up. And, And that's one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons I said, well, maybe we should keep troops there is that I can understand why people are saying we got to keep troops. I I can understand that. And when I found out that only the last person that died was in February 8th, 2020, I realized that, yeah, well, why are we leaving? No one's fighting. No one's dying. Let them stay. We have people in South Korea, Korea. We have people in Japan. We have people in Germany still from World War II, the Korean War. I mean... Okay, well, I mean, I just think this was a big mistake, and uh, I I think he's going to pay for it. But the, the other thing he does in that part of the speech is he's actually trying to justify again why he pulled out. Stop justifying. And no one asked him questions. Well, he didn't answer any, but, you know, whatever. But this is the question. Strategically, was it a good idea? Trump, who wanted to pull people out, didn't think it was a good idea. Obama, who wanted to pull people out, didn't think it was a good idea. Um, Bush, who actually set it up, I don't think Bush really knew what his strategy was or what his goals were. But I mean, your last two presidents, one far to the left and one far to the right, both said, no, we got to keep troops there. You know, here's the thing with Obama, and I do want to point out, I don't agree with any of his politics. I never have. But Obama has always kind of kept with the fundamental, which is why Obama would never win today. He always kept with the fundamental base of America. A lot of people say he spit on the Constitution, and he did. He did. But, for example, when the, United States, when, the Euro, when the European Union wanted the United States to convert to their currency, he said, there is no way we're converting to your currency. And when stuff hit the fan, like Afghanistan, he said he would listen to people and say, okay, well, I really want to get them out of there, but yeah, I understand your argument. Strategically, it was just smart to stay in Afghanistan. And remember, I told you in chess, I'm really good with tactics. I'm crappy with strategy, which might explain why I basically thought, hey, we should be pulled out of Afghanistan. Okay. So this is just an incredible statement in this next area. He's either lying or he's so stupid. He shouldn't be president anymore. Listen to this.
1: We're taking over air traffic control. We have safely shut down our embassy and transferred our diplomats. Our, di- our diplomatic presence is now consolidated at the airport as well. They have not
0: done anything safely. Not a thing. There are an estimated 10,000 Americans still in Afghanistan right now. And we're going to get to that. So just hold on to your shorts on that one. The airport thing is a disaster. People are blocking the planes from taking off. Afghanis who want to escape the Taliban are trying to actually board the planes. There are actual, there's actual video of these people hanging on to the airplanes so that the plane, and then the plane takes off and there's video of them falling off the plane. There is one video, there's one picture, one of the most horrifying pictures I ever saw, where this guy is literally above the cloud line, which means he's probably a good 30,000 feet up, holding on to the plane. His le- All you see is are his legs, and the shot is from inside the plane. It's a horrifying picture. Shots are being fired at the airport. The, the Marines had to kill two people because they were firing at the people inside the airport. Where is the safety? Where is it? I'm missing it. By the way, consolidating, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, consolidating the diplomatic force at the airport means they retreated to the airport. And for all this crap that this does not look like Saigon, this has nothing to do with Saigon back in 75, when we abandoned our embassy in uh, Vietnam, it sure looks like Saigon. Because all the pictures actually show, I'm sorry, I'm yelling, but all the pictures actually show they're identical. People, diplomats, are being put on helicopters while the helicopter is landing at the uh, at the embassy, loading people up and then taking them to the uh, taking them to the airport. It's identical to Saigon. Okay, and let's listen to Biden's closing here, which is just weak sauce. Listen to this.
1: I know my decision will be criticized. But I would rather take all that criticism than pass this decision on to another president of the United States, yet another one, a fifth one. Because it's the right one. It's the right decision for our people. The right one for our brave service members who risk their lives serving our nation. And it's the right one for America. Thank you. May God protect our troops, our diplomats, and all brave Americans serving in harm's way.
0: This was a very weak speech, very weak speech. So what Biden did after that was that he left without answering any questions, and he got on Air Force One, and he flew back to Camp David to finish his vacation. In that time, he never contacted any world leader. The only world leader he did contact was Boris Johnson of um, of Britain, but he never contacted anybody. I, I, well, I mean, I can't say he never contacted anybody. He contacted Boris Johnson, but nobody else. Uh, he got to the United, He got to Washington D.C. today, Wednesday, and he had one speech. And it was all about booster shots for COVID. And then when people started asking questions, he just walked right off. That's leadership, folks. That's leadership. And here's the other thing. Um, Where in the F is Kamala Harris? She wasn't there when he made his speech on Monday. She wasn't there today. Where the hell is she? This is going to be your next president. This guy needs to be out of office. When I heard this speech on Monday, uh, when I heard this speech on Monday, I said, 25th Amendment, he's done. He's done. He's in... Not only is he incompetent, you can tell, because he slurs through his speeches. He cannot go through an entire sentence. And you probably heard it in the video clips I had, uh, audio clips. He cannot go through a sentence. So, you know, here's the thing. What's really happening? Oh, well hold on. Hold on. Let's listen to this clip from the sec from the State Department. This is this is absolutely awesome. The UN Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive, and representative, including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women. The council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations, including to international humanitarian law, and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. Boom! That's awesome! Awesome! We want you to take—be inclusive! Be inclusive! So Taliban, who's basing Sharia law on 8th century writings— be inclusive. Treat women good. Yeah, probably not going to happen. That was Ned Price from the State Department. Hey, you know what's actually happening over there? Let's let's get let's get down to it. Let's not BS. This is a disaster. Right now, this is a disaster, and it's going to be a dis. It's not just a disaster for the Biden administration. This is a disaster in Afghanistan. And this is going to be a disaster internationally. So let's talk about how it's a disaster now. There are 10,000 U.S. citizens in Afghanistan. The State Department said they couldn't guarantee the safety of American citizens in Afghanistan. They told the people to stay indoors, and they told the people that if they tried to get to the airport, the government couldn't um, secure their safety. Awesome. Billions of dollars of military equipment, which includes rifles, guns, um, Humvees, helicopters, and drones, have fallen into Taliban hands, which means it's, we're going to get to the international part, it's probably fallen into Chinese hands and Russian hands. Awesome. Taliban has implemented Sharia law. So yesterday, a woman could walk around, or I'm sorry, on Friday, a woman could walk around without a freaking mask over her head. Today, if she walks around without a mask over her head, she's beaten, raped, forced to be married, whatever. Doesn't matter. Because they're dealing with 8th century Sharia law. The Taliban is going from door to door and searching for anyone who is in line who was in line with the United States and then they're beating or killing them they're beating raping and forcing marriages on women and girls it's already started women are being killed for not wearing burqas that's happened today the any woman in the government who had a government position is being replaced, get this, by a male family member. Awesomeness. This morning, the Taliban, for some reason, just started shooting into a crowd, killing several people. No one's talking about this stuff, by the way. Any pictures of women or hair from women is being painted over... These guys are actually going to pictures and painting over pictures of women. Hey, by the way, where's Nancy? Nancy Pelosi, whose only talk about this whole thing was about women need to be treated good. Hey, I got news for you. You're dealing with barbarian, a barbarian um, philosophical system that they're implementing into freaking law. They are cutting off the fingers of women who have their nails painted. This is happening right now. Schools are being shut down because you can't have girls in schools. Right? They're so inclusive. They're being so inclusive. Stores are being eluded and homes are being broken into. Checkpoints are being set up around the airport where the United States is trying to evacuate people because they don't want people leaving. And if someone is an Afghani who is leaving, trying to leave the country, they're being pulled out of the car, beaten, killed, or arrested. And of course, we've got tons of video where they show Afghanis trying to... you got to wonder, wow... Is it that bad? They're trying to hang on to the outside of uh, C-17 airplanes so they can escape this. Do you know how bad things have to be that you will risk your life to hang on to a C-17 that is flying at 30,000 feet? It's got to be pretty bad. But you know what? Yeah, the UN is handling this. By the way, the same UN that has China as part of their security council, they did send a really strongly worded letter to the Taliban. And China approved it. Well, that's because internationally China loves this. Here's the problem the United States is going to be facing because of this Afghanistan debacle. Our government has shown weakness. Our enemy enemies have been emboldened and our allies worry that we may not have our back their backs. We're good to our enemies. We're not good to our allies. This disaster is going to sever, is going to severely impact us for many years to come. Or until Ron DeSantis becomes president or Donald Trump becomes president. China is already openly threatening Taiwan. They are holding live fire drills on two sides of the country. And one of the propaganda uh, PR people in China has said, we are going to take over Taiwan because the United States is not going to do anything about it. here's what's going to happen in Taiwan. There will not be one bullet fired in Taiwan. What Taiwan's going to do is they're going to basically elect a Chinese government. That's what they're going to end up doing. They're going to become China. They're going to be like Hong Kong. We've already abandoned. Do you realize we've abandoned the Uyghurs? We've abandoned Cuba, the Cuban dissidents. We've abandoned the Serb uh, dissidents. We, not the Serb, excuse me, the, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called, but the guys over in Syria, Kurds, we've abandoned the Kurds, we've abandoned Hong Kong, we've abandoned a Ukraine, who's going to trust us? People are just going to start making these, making deals with China, because China will protect them. China, Russia, Pakistan, and India are all negotiating right now with the Taliban because we created a vacuum by leaving. And now everyone else wants to be there. Pakistan has already closed uh, their air bases to the United States based on Taliban negotiations. So right now we have literally no access, air access, direct air access to Afghanistan. This happened this week. This happened yesterday. Iran is becoming emboldened. They're about to have weapons-grade plutonium for nuclear weapons. Iran is sending missiles to Lebanon. They've increased their presence in Yemen. Does anyone really think that Iran is worried about the United States, especially when Joe Biden is trying to make a deal with them? Britain released a statement today in parliament condemning Biden. Even our allies are saying enough, enough is enough. So finally, and I know I'm going over and I don't care because I only do this three days a week now. Um the media is really not dealing with this very well. Uh, Some of this reporting actually mimics what they said during the BLM riots
2: last year, during the summer of 2020. Um, Listen to this character. The country is essentially now in the hands of the Taliban for all intents and purposes. Uh, They've taken over Kabul. The president, or should I now say the former president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, has fled the country. The Taliban have taken over the presidential palace. They've renamed the country the Islamic Emirate, taken down the Afghan flag and hoisted up uh, their own colors. Uh, And it's been a relatively um, peaceful, if you like a process they haven't had to fire a lot of shots there hasn't been a lot of bloodshed in kabul it was a pretty straightforward takeover for them uh, they've also taken over the airport uh, there have been reports of shots fired at the airport and taliban fighters uh, are, are all over the place uh, but they're not in any sort of clashes with u.s personnel although commercial flights have so far been suspended
0: that's right mostly peaceful Here's a better one. These folks are... Well, no, we'll, we'll hold on. We'll hold on to that. But yeah, they're mostly peaceful. And it's so peaceful that they're suspending flights at the airport. I mean, do these people actually... All he needed was a fire behind him. I, I mean, are, do are these people listening to what they're actually saying? Well here's another one, and this is better. The Taliban is actually yelling death to America in the background. But and I'm not kidding here, I'm not kidding. They're doing it in a friendly tone. Now I do want to I do want to say something about this reporter. This reporter has actually done a pretty good job. But I mean there's gotta be an editor somewhere that says, okay, no, that's just stupid. Don't say that. Cut that out, or something. So let's listen to this one.
2: They're just chanting "Death to America," but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm listening to this again, and trust trust me when, when i when I do these when I do these clips. I. I I literally listened to them about 15 times before I actually produce them. That's that I actually put them out there. That's one of the reasons why I can't do this five days a week because I'm doing all this stuff by myself, but I'm listening to what she's saying and I'm still laughing about it. Um, they're yelling, they're yelling death to America, but it's really friendly and it's really bizarre. This is a gal who actually had to put on a burqa because the Taliban took over. I wonder how friendly they'd be if she took off her burqa. But this is, the media, it, they're just being disgusting right now. Um, the media continues to blame Trump for all this, and it's all. It's CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, um, uh, and uh, uh, ABC. It, it's everybody. They're blaming it. Washington Post, New York Times, blah, 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 blah. Trump had nothing to do with this. This was a complete Biden F up. And I got news to you. This is a black stain on Biden. This is not going away on him. Everyone knows it. Absolutely everyone knows it. MSNBC is pushing the Biden narrative that the Taliban has normalized. In other words, the Taliban has lifted themselves from 8th century Sharia law, and they've actually become more open, more accepting, more tolerant. They keep, but here's worse, they keep playing video from the Taliban's PR wing. They are actually spreading Taliban propaganda in this country and justifying it. Twitter, who's still banning Trump, has allowed the Taliban propaganda wing to have an account. Now, granted, I also think that that account is probably going to be banned the very second, the very second that someone's, some woman's fingers are getting chopped off. I do believe that. And several news and, quote, entertainment, quote, shows like Stephen Colbert's are comparing Republicans to the Taliban. I think this is the worst thing. I think this is terrible. And the reason I think it's terrible is because now when you start associating Republicans, people who voted for Trump, as terrorists, you are setting us up for tyranny. Do you realize that our media cannot even get away from their narrative to the point they can just report the news and not make it about Republicans or conservatives? It's actually really sad. And this is one of the things. Like I said, I just, I finished the authoritarian uh, moment by Ben Shapiro. I finished American Marxism by Mark Levine, or Levin, I don't know how you pronounce it. But, my God, they're doing exactly what these books said they were going to do. It's a terrible thing. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, you can actually read my links. Um, I'm sorry I got emotional. I'm sorry I'm 12 minutes over. I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you on Friday. This is Gene, and you've listened to dumbasses talking politics.